0: Welcome back to BetQL L Daily, presented by MGM, Eddie Gross and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And the Cincinnati Reds continue to intrigue Major League Baseball. They've now won eight in a row. It's their longest winning streak in 11 years. And so when we talk about streaky teams and ball clubs that maybe we didn't think too highly of to start the season, but now they're very much in contention for a postseason spot, uh, the Cincinnati Reds are very much uh, leading the way as far as that conversation is concerned. Anything we should do with them, Aaron? Is this something where you feel like that the Reds can maintain uh, this streaky performance? Or is this something where, look, it's a 162-game season, and at some point they'll come back down to reality?
1: I do like the Ellie De La Cruz bump, and I think it kind of breathes new light into the organization. But pitching still remains an issue for this Cincinnati ball club, and if they're gonna, they're gonna need to do something. And uh, you know, I was saying in the break, the GM recently, in the last you know few days, spoke to reporters and said, as long as the Reds remain in contention, then perhaps they will be buyers, you know, at the trade deadline. So. It's kind of non-committal, that quote, basically, in my eyes. But just like we were talking about the Suns, we already knew that the Beal thing might be a done deal, or at least there was rumors this was going to happen. If you believe Mm -hmm. in this Reds team and you think they're going to add some pitching and get better at the trade deadline, then 6-1 to just to win the NL Central? I don't hate that bet.
0: Odds have uh, shortened on BetMGM last I checked for the Reds. They're uh, 4-1 to to win the division. Boy, that seems like a mighty low number. It it, it really does. And to me, I'm not comfortable with that. Meanwhile, the Pirates had a really bad weekend uh, going up against the Brewers. And so now the Pirates have dropped to plus 650 to win the Central. Brewers are, of course, leading the way at plus 110. One of the things that I did when thinking about these streaky ball clubs, whether you're talking about the Reds, or the Giants, or the Cubs, is this idea of third order wins. So what the heck is a third order win? Well, we know about what Pythagorean record is, right? So run scored, mm-hmm. runs allowed, and this is the record you should have based upon run scored and runs allowed. And anytime there's a massive difference between your actual record and your expected record then that may be a place where you say, all right, well, maybe they'll fall back down to reality or maybe they'll start to get lucky again and they'll have some wins come their way. It's one of the reasons why a lot of folks are not trusting the Miami Marlins because their run differential is terrible, but they're 10 games over 500 right now. But when you look at third order wins, it's not just run scored runs allowed. It's not just who you've played, but it's also the quality of your opponents. And so how well are your opponents hitting? How well are they pitching when you face them? And third order wins include all of that information. And then you get a better idea of which records are genuine and which ones are fraudulent. And when you look at the order of third order wins for the National League Central, the Reds are in last place. They have not played up to the quality of competition that you would expect from a team that has won eight straight. They, they face teams uh, at a good time for them. And, you know, the call-ups help and all of that. But uh, their third-order win record is 31-40, and 32-40, and 40, something like that. And they're trailing everybody in the division. But guess who's number one? It's the Cubs. Another ball club that has looked a, a little streaky as of late. And so to me, even though those odds are mighty similar, 4-1 to one versus plus 425 to win the division at BetMGM, those third-order wins would suggest that the Cubs are perhaps a better value play right now,
1: Aaron. Wow. So are you implying that the Reds are frauds, Ed? <sighs> frauds might be a strong <laughs>
0: word. I don't know if I'd go that far. I'd say... I'd say they're still on an uptick. I'd say they're they're not quite <laughs>
1: there's room they're, they're for not growth quite at or the are mountains. they going to fall there's off a for cliff. Growth.
0: Yeah, there, there's okay. more room for growth available to them. Another thing too is if you're looking at say strength of schedule for the remainder of the season, uh, the Reds are in the middle of the pack. The the schedule they the opponents that they have remaining. Their overall record is 500 or 501. The Cubs They're fourth from the bottom uh, in terms of easiest, or or, let me rephrase that. Uh, The fourth easiest schedule remaining in Major League Baseball belongs to the Chicago Cubs with a combined record of 487. So the Cubs get to face easier competition. They have a better third order record. I look at the Cubs and say that they are a much better value play for a variety of reasons.
1: I like it. And at least where I'm looking, they have very similar odds to the Reds as well. Mm -hmm. In terms of like, if you're just going to say, hey, I'm going to bet on the team that has the most value because I believe this is pretty wide open. I mean, you're Mm -hmm. not getting much of a difference between the Reds and the Cubs. And with the argument you just laid out, the Cubs make more sense here.
0: And the Cubs aren't garnering as much attention as the reds right now it it does feel like that a lot of folks may be jumping on the reds bandwagon just because the iron is hot but look it's a 162 game season at some point you know things come back down to reality the question is do you think this is sustainable and look it's a young ball club you know ellie de la cruz great baseball player but it's going to take some time for everybody to come into their own and pitching is still a big question. And you don't know if the Reds are going to, you know, look at the rest of the season and say, you know what, we're going to be buyers. Now there there may not be a whole lot to buy other than relief pitching at the trade deadline, but I still look at this and go, the, the Brewers are the head of the class right now. That should be fine. But I think the Cubs can very much uh, remain in contention. And as far as, yeah. you know, the rest of these teams go, yeah, you know, they're not really moving the needle for me too much anymore. I mean. You know, the Cardinals uh, look to be falling apart. Pirates had a rough go of things. Why not go after the Cubs?
2: Are you worried that the Cubs trade people at the deadline, though? Like, Stroman is tweeting that they won't negotiate a new Mm -hmm. contract. Bellinger's on a one-year deal. Even if they're hanging around, are you worried there's a chance they Mm -hmm. trade those two guys specifically? Because if they trade Stroman, that leaves Justin Steele and Kyle Hendricks and Jamison Tyone? Mm -hmm. Like, that's not great.
0: Uh, No, it's not. And, and that does, that that is an important point, but you know, what is the market? This trade deadline is going to be really interesting because you've got a lot of buyers and not many sellers. So yeah, if they, if they trade away Stroman then they're going to get, you know, an absolute haul, the question is, do they feel like they need to do that because they could very well be in contention for this division. I mean, it, it does feel like if they do that, then that's sort of waving the white flag and I don't know if that's necessary. So I guess it's, you know, these next few weeks are going to be really important as far as figuring that out. But I wonder, I mean, what do you think, Jake? Like if, if the Cubs are not going to be trading Stroman, you know, the Cody Bellinger thing, like, you know, that doesn't matter to me as much, but I mean, these next few weeks matter a great deal. And I don't know. I'm kind of torn. I just
2: off. feel like with the Stroman thing, it's such a weird situation because like, I I feel like they could trade him even if they are in this kind of contention or contending for the NL Central or a wild card spot because he seems really really upset that they are not going to give him a new contract seemingly during the season like he's tweeting oh we tried and they're just not negotiating with us so just gonna play it out now so if the Cubs are like well we don't really have interest in signing you to what you're looking for then we're just gonna get like you said a haul because. He's one of the best pitchers in the NL right now, maybe in all of baseball. So if they're not going to pay him and he's tweeting, Hey, get me out of here, basically. And they might say, okay, well, see you later. We'll trade you get back a bunch of prospects and still try to see this thing through and maybe still win the NL central with what we have without you, which again, I don't really believe in because that rotation yikes, but Mm -hmm. maybe I'm the idiot.
0: Reds are a half no, game back of the Brewers. <laughs> uh, Reds are a half game back of the Brewers in the division. Pirates, two and a half. Cubs, four and whatever about the Cardinals. So, yeah. They're still in this.
2: The Reds, like, just to go back to the Reds for a second, like, it doesn't feel like they need to buy. Like, don't they feel like kind of the, the Orioles' light of last year? Like, oh, obviously, they're not ripping off point. 14 straight wins. Obviously, they're not going to be super in for, a, you know, they're hanging around, but they're not as talented. They don't have, like, as complete of a team, I don't think, yet. But they have prospects coming up who they're excited about. Obviously, Ellie De La Cruz leading that charge. But Andrew Abbott, too, has been awesome in that rotation since they called him up. He's been sick in three straight starts to start his career. So doesn't this feel like the... Orioles of last year where, okay, we're going to be really good and we're going to get a boost from these young guys right now, but we don't necessarily need to buy going into the trade deadline because we can hang around the playoff race and that's good enough because we're really ahead of schedule right now. And then next year we'll talk to you and we'll add some more pieces and then we'll hit the ground running then too.
1: I love that like don't be all in on reds futures now but maybe look mm. at the beginning of uh before the season starts next year yeah
0: yeah i like that comp a lot last year's orioles you know they they I trade away mancini too. and and you know they were getting grief for it the orioles were that they traded away you know one of their standout hitters because like well if they had them then maybe they'd make the postseason no think of the long game you know i get that that Major League Baseball's postseason is a bit of a crapshoot, but you also know coming in if you are at a great disadvantage because you're sort of, you know, mortgaging everything. To me, Baltimore did the prudent thing last year, and now they're in a much better position, and we're taking them way more seriously now, especially as, a like, a pennant contender uh, once everybody gets to the postseason. Uh, You know, very different story. And look, look at the state of the National League for next year. Yes, the the Braves will still be really, really good, and you've got some good contenders in the West. But it doesn't feel like that the Central is going to suddenly become, you know, world beaters. You can absolutely win that division, and if you can't do it this year, next year you probably have a really good chance.
2: Right, like you expect, like the Cardinals are probably going to be back next year, maybe unless they, in some weird way, like I don't see them trading Goldschmidt, but like they're going to trade Flaherty, they're going to try and reload because that's just kind of how they do things. I still think the Brewers stink, but like the Reds are so you, okay. You have to beat like, maybe one team. Maybe we think the pirates take a leap next year if all their young guys coalesce, but the NL central to the point is they're still going to be wide open. The Reds have an opportunity to even more be like the Orioles this year. If they trade Alexis Diaz, who has an awesome year, an era under two as a reliever, you don't need a premier reliever right now. You can get a hallback from someone like, I don't know, like the the Dodgers or one of the NL East teams who are looking for a lockdown closer, maybe the Braves. Like, the Reds don't really need someone like that. It's kind of like what the Orioles did last season. Traded their closer, Mm -hmm. let Bautista become the new closer. Like, the similarities are there still. They'll probably get grief. Like, oh, well, you could use that guy next year. Relievers are so volatile, you do not need to hang on to a guy just because you might need him next year. Like, I I think the Reds next year, like, that could really be a, a chance for them
1: totally yeah and in terms of this year like they probably just shouldn't force anything in terms of a trade like you said and just yeah. continue to see what you have and then there's always next year i like just that just play
2: them on an individual game basis game by game basis right like they're going to be underdogs in most of these games still probably on a hunter green start or an andrew rabbit start just play them on the money line or the run line or however you want like that seems like the most you know prudent thing to do going forward right
0: completely agree absolutely no, I, I I like that perch a lot. Uh, speaking of, uh, what do the Reds have? To, uh, yeah, they got the Rockies. Yeah, Brandon Williamson against uh, Austin Gomber. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Yeah, that, that, that's why we uh, that's why we watch the games so we can get uh, fun outings like that. Uh, but that's that's the idea though. Like, if you like the Reds, you know, maybe not a futures market is is uh, your thing, but. Uh, Reds are minus one sixty five on the money line uh, to knock off Colorado. Total of ten and a half, slightly juiced to the under. But mm-hmm. yikes!
2: What's their team total? Should I bet that the be Reds
1: every day and see how many units I'm up or down?
2: <laughs> Rollover? That'd be fun. Yeah. Rollover money line.
1: It would right. only be fun if you're up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God Reds! or do you only bet them when they're dogs yeah
0: first five money line for the Reds is minus 160 yeah I don't know I don't know where to begin Yikes. with that one however uh yeah. speaking of the MLB card uh, for the rest of uh today I know where I do want to start and that's the Royals and the Tigers Aaron
1: what's your what's your favorite bet or are you going to tease us
0: uh, I'll tease you Whoa. guys, but it is Jordan Lyles Day for all who celebrate, so Whoa. I feel like that's a bit of a clue, right?
1: You would, yeah, you would be down 14 units if you've been betting on one Jordan Lyles this season. Gross.
0: <laughs> and why would you be doing that in the first place? There, there, there are bigger <laughs> issues there, psychologically, I suppose. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our Gators advance. Our latest look at the College World Series is next right here on the BetQL Network.